Today is Tuesday, November 26, 2019, and these are three notable brand and retail news stories. 1. Mopic, the International Retail Property Market Fair, held in Cannes, just wrapped up, and there were five evident themes in the future of retail. Developers talked about the future of the mall, and I have to say, it sounds more thoughtful than it has in the last decade. Mixed use continues to drive developments, but without the fantastical entertainment. Think ski and surf parks, zoos, etc. Ireland is forecasted to report the highest GDP this year in the European Union, and the Cherrywood project in South Dublin is the perfect example of what mixed use means today. The development will be 35 minutes away by rail from Dublin city centre, and will be home to 100 retail units, a small cinema, a rooftop bar, medical centre, and a public library and gym. This kind of design is looking to work within and service existing surrounding offices and homes. The Cherrywood and other projects like it really seem to be acting as urban planners, adding civic space and services like a library and medical centre. Many are also adding green spaces, our second theme, to their projects. The City Quarters Projects from UK company Hammerson has identified 100 acres of land adjacent to its existing malls, which are planned to be redeveloped into green, civic, and leisure space with healthcare facilities. Ian Sanford, the CEO of Eurofund, said, quote, We, as the private sector, can do that. And that's what we're creating, places where people want to come and spend their time, end quote. Greening, mixed use, and urbanization are moving the mall development from a transactional design to an emotional one. Green spaces provide people with a place to breathe, and civic mixed-use features like libraries and gyms move towards community building. Our third theme is a focus on urban spaces, leaving new sprawling suburban mall projects aside. Developments connected to public transport is critical, especially as the United Nations forecasts that the share of the world's population living in urban areas will rise to 60% in 2030, and that's from 55% in 2018. Young people are also more likely to live in cities. Christophe Couvillier, chief executive officer of Unibail Rodamco Westfield, which owns and operates 92 shopping centers worldwide, told Joel Diedrich that, quote, we're looking to more creating city districts rather than monoliths. The permeability and the fact that it's part of a district is more and more important, end quote. Smaller, higher quality footprints is our fourth theme and is supported by the mixed use and urbanization of shopping developments. Eric Costa, CEO of CityNove, the real estate arm of Galerie Lafayette Group, talked about redeveloping some of its existing locations. Costa said, quote, For years, the objective was to win more floor space because more floor space meant more sales. Today, we don't mind losing floor space if it means making the store more comfortable for our visitors. End quote. To us, this shows a real maturity of thought. Shopping malls are no longer only about driving sales and keeping the customer on location longer. It's about creating a higher quality experience. And they are betting that they can increase sales per square foot 
a key metric for both retailers and property owners as a result. The fifth theme is a shrinking department store footprint. Property managers are making more space for digitally native brands like Warby Parker and Bonobos and dining options. Department stores are a category that has been struggling. Hammerson, for example, aims to cut their share of the gross leasable area to 28% from 39% over the next five years. It's nice to leave the sprawling malls behind in an age of online shopping and e-commerce. Developers won't completely turn their backs on ambitious projects. They're just launching them with a new conscious approach. Two, this story is important. There is now a 100% carbon neutral national shipping carrier in the United States, Sendel. Sendel unlocks capacity in existing shipping networks, meaning it works with USPS and other carriers although not UPS and FedEx, to fill the empty space in their containers. So it won't be carbon neutral for large retailers, retailers who can fill or almost fill cartons like trucks and shipping containers. In the US, eBay and Shopify now integrate the Sendle platform. Developed and tested in Australia, the US is the company's second market. Compostable packaging coming soon. Three. Let's talk about that Tiffany deal, but not too much. I'm sure you've read enough. LVMH or Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy purchased the jewelry brand for $16.2 billion. So what is LVMH getting for their money? First, they're acquiring an iconic American company. LVMH's current brand roster is heavily rooted in Europe. The deal brings a sizable American company under its umbrella. New York-based Tiffany was founded in 1837 by Charles Lewis Tiffany, an entrepreneur who was acutely aware of the power of branding. Early on, he started packaging his wares in the now-famous Robin Blue boxes, realizing the energy in the big reveal of such a precious gift. And that leads us to the second element LVMH gets in this deal. Strong branding, specifically an eggshell blue. The company also has the Blue Book catalog and its own setting for the modern engagement ring, the Tiffany setting. Truman Capote's Breakfast at Tiffany's also immortalized the brand, especially with the film starring Audrey Hepburn. And Tiffany's isn't just an American brand. It's an American brand with global appeal. Tiffany will bring 321 stores that it operates directly, only 93 of which are located in the U.S. LVMH is not just looking to buy some competition for other global luxury brands. They are arming themselves to double down against Cartier owner, Compagnie Financière Richemont. Tiffany in Bulgaria, which the company brought in 2011, will allow LVMH more significant presence and market share of the luxury jewelry market. Tiffany also brings to LVMH sustainable access to the source, diamonds. Tiffany has been investing in bringing its supply chain for diamonds and other materials in-house for 20 years. The brand has operations in Belgium, Botswana, Mauritius, Vietnam, and Cambodia, where people cut and rough polish diamonds from what it has been described as responsibly managed mines in Botswana, Canada, Nambia, Russia, and South Africa. 
Some of their new diamonds are individually registered and tagged with a serial number too small to be seen by the naked eye. A nice purchase for Arno. And that's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>